It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, James Erpine. It is great to be with you on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever. You get your podcast. This is uh, our day to talk with Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. You could follow him on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and check out his work for The Athletic. Joe, um, two things. One, I'm going to acknowledge what just happened. We had a really good, in-depth, like 50-minute conversation podcast, and someone forgot to hit record. Obviously, we're recording things a little differently right now because I'm not in studio. Um, someone forgot to hit record and I'm not going to take the blame, but I'm not going to say it was your fault either. Um, that being said, are you available tomorrow? Maybe we can make this a two-parter. I was going to say, yeah, maybe we should do that. And I want to, for the people that are listening, I just want to say James spilled all the secrets that he knows about the Bengals. He said everything, man, and it didn't record. I did. I said a bunch of stuff. <laughs> did you know all that stuff I said on that? No, I didn't. There was some. There were some good nuggets in there, and See, you know, I think gone. we really got in depth on some things too, and it's gone. Yeah, we're not making it up either. Okay, so what we'll do here on today's podcast is talk about what happened on Sunday and the good stuff from the twenty six twenty one loss to the Chargers. Tomorrow, maybe I'll unveil some of those nuggets that I had, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the overall status of the Bengals. We'll break it up into two parts. But Joe, let's start with the Chargers in that game. To me, this Bengals team showed some fight. I was impressed with the defense after the first two drives that resulted in touchdowns for Los Angeles. What did you see from the defense when you went back and watched the film that stood out to you that that, that was such a big difference from what we saw all season long up to that point in the first two drives of the game? Yeah, this was a winning effort, I think, for the most part. Um Whenever you can hold the Chargers offense down, and and that's a potent offense, and that's an offense that can put up 40 points. I, I mean, the first two drives, they drive down and score touchdowns right away, and I think the Bengals got a feel for what they were doing. They made some adjustments, and they weren't huge things. It's not like they started blitzing more or started sending um, or started playing more man coverage or more zone or anything like that. It's just, okay, they're, they're going to attack here and they're going to run these crossing routes, and they're going to you know have some levels concepts built in. On the, They're going to run screens and – I think the Bengals just adjusted and attacked and, and tackled well. And William Jackson had a good day. I think Nick Vigil had a good day. I think Andrew Billings had a good day. Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, when they play well, the defense plays well. And it, it should because those are your two guys. Um, so I, I, there are still holes and there are still issues. I think middle linebacker is still 
and has been the biggest issue on the entire roster this year. And uh, it continued that way this week with Hardy Nickerson playing in that spot, even though he wasn't as bad as he has been. I think it's still, you know, whenever you're starting an undrafted guy in there that's not overly talented, even if he's smart and reliable, uh, you're going to have some issues. And they did. So um, as a whole, that defense can win you the game. I think they're still lacking the turnovers and forcing some fumbles, maybe getting an interception from that secondary, especially at the corner position. If they can get that, if they can do that, this is an an okay defense. I think, you know, and the biggest difference for me uh, is that the offense applied some pressure and was scoring and had some long drives and had some drives where even though they had to settle for field goals, they were, you know, 10 plays and they were getting down to the five one yard line, you know, at the one for that one drive. And and that helps your defense out a lot when the score is close and when you can have these long drives that chew up some clock. Joe Goodberry of the athletic is with us. Let's talk quickly about the, uh, the offense. God, I, I, I'm so thrown off that we had that long conversation and now we're basically redoing everything. Have you and ever we're had missing a, good points too? Have you ever had a word document that, that you like, you write a really long yeah. paper and then you lose it? You ever play a game and you don't save it and shut it off or your sister rock walks by and shuts it off? Yeah, I mean, back in the day that happened. I I don't have a sister, but just, yeah, I I would leave my game system on all night long. Hey, don't don't shake the house. It'll freeze the game. Remember that? No, No. but I used to shove things into the cartridges so that it would that wouldn't happen. Shove things into the cartridge? Yeah, um, you can put paper in there. You can put, you know, cards in there. Uh, I remember Q-tips would work great. Yeah, what? I mean, like the Sega Genesis and stuff would get loose. The cartridge would get loose in there. So, and it wouldn't play. You'd pull it out, you'd blow on it. But really, that wasn't it. It was the contacts with the other metal strip that's in there. And you would have to shove things in there so that the contacts stayed perfect. Or else, yeah, a, a, a bang or a rattle could could mess up your whole game. Wow. See, I never used the paint. Look at you solving problems. I had no idea. That's what I do. Yeah. That, when you're a dad, that's, that, is, that carries over. That's... You're just a problem solver every day. I'm a dog dad. That counts too, but in uh, different ways. I was going to say, not the same. Um, I, let's Speaking of problem solving, <laughs> uh, have the Bengals solved their, their defensive issues? Are, are things different now? Are the linebackers suddenly better? I mean, that, that was a really good offense that they held to, to 12 points after the first two drives, yeah. which in, in this day and age, I would take that, and I think everyone would have taken that, uh, especially considering how that game started Sunday. I don't think that it's just that all of a sudden they're better. I think sometimes you roll the same dice and you you get a favorable lie at the end. And, you know, there's one play individually where it's a third and one or third and two, and the Chargers could take, you know, real advantage of this game. And um, you see Phil Rivers go out to uh, Eckler, the, the the running back that split out wide right, and he's got Darius Phillips on him. You see he's calling a telling them to run a vertical route and he's, he's adjusting the play and the Bengals send a really good well-timed blitz and rivers he knows it's coming but he rolls to his right right away launches a deep ball Eckler runs right right past Darius Phillips and uh he misses the ball and the ball's thrown out of bounds it was a bad throw by by rivers but that could have been a 70 yard touchdown it was that wide open if, it, if the ball is thrown correctly but the blitz is just good enough to get Rivers to throw on the move, who's not the most athletic guy, but he does what he can. And, uh, you know, just and then you get a punt. And they, that's how it went. They got a few plays where it just seemed to work. They get a stop on third down. They get uh, a call where they said Mike Williams dropped that pass on the sideline where he, when he went up for it, and it looked like he hit the ground, sort of. So, you know, the ball bounces your way sometimes. And you can see 
the, the, the voids of talent they have because they still got picked on a little bit in some areas. But when you get the ball to bounce your way, it doesn't look as bad. It, it, it turned into being a game that they should have lost 35 to 20 instead and being, you know, 26-21 or whatever it was. Yeah, it was 26-21. He's uh, Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Up next, we'll dive into the offense. And tomorrow won't be nearly as jam-packed and concise because, again, we recorded 50 minutes today. Yeah. So damn excited to post that. Instead, we'll, we'll have to do it uh, tomorrow. Quickly, though, before we get to offense, a word from Action Heat. We've got a special deal for you. And if you haven't heard about Action Heat, uh, they're the world's best battery-heated clothing. You get heat on demand at the touch of a button. Their clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels. And it, here's the cool part. is It's a rechargeable lithium-ion battery that they have in their clothing. You can use it to charge your devices when you're walking, when you're outside, when you're at a tailgate, when you're snowboarding. Whatever you need to do, um, you can charge your devices. They have jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and so much more. Men's and women's. And it is perfect for the holiday season. And they've got a special deal for you since you listen to Locked On Bengals. Get 20% off your entire order. Go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything they have to offer. Again, actionheat.com slash locked on, and you'll get 20% off at checkout. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joe, for the first time, really, I I think this year, Joe Mixon had 25-plus carries finished with 26 carries and that to me has to be the blueprint especially with all the injuries on offense uh, from a running standpoint the Bengals offensive game plan Sunday made sense to me did it make sense to you if for sure I mean as soon as you started losing players on offense and it started with probably Lifert, but I think at the time Mixon was hurt also but then Green and, and obviously Dalton and anytime you lose guys like that you should now go and focus your offense around the next guy the next most talented player that can hold up and do what you need him to do. And that's Joe Mixon. And this offense should be built around Mixon right now. The problem is the offensive line isn't very good. Uh, And defenses know when you're missing those guys, when you have a backup quarterback in, they're going to say, listen, we're going to stack that box and you're going to have to beat us with, with that quarterback and with John Ross and with Tyler Boyd. And, And that's understandable, you know, from a neutral position that makes sense on both sides. So, what it really comes down to is how good is this offensive line going to play and can they keep the game close enough with the defense performing the way they have to stick with the running game. And a lot of times they haven't been able to, and this is really the first game where they've been, where they've been able to say we're within at most, you know, 11 points at the, at the furthest at one point to within five at the very end, we can stick with the run and we can lean on Joe Mixon. And they kept getting chunk plays and they kept getting, especially to the left side runs of 10 plus, uh, and 
you know, when you can do that and when Mixon's running the way he is and he's also was helping in the passing game, when those things are clicking, this is the offense and this is how it should be built with the way it's currently constructed. So, yes, it makes sense and it worked. And if they can usher that into the next phase and they got the Raiders and they've got the Browns and you can run on, on them for the most part, um, yeah, this should be the plan and this should be the formula for them going forward if they can continue to have success with it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think Oakland... This weekend, I think they could still have success with the rushing attack. How are they using the wide receivers? Because to me, and I know Ross had six touchdowns, um, Tyler Boyd obviously on pace for uh, or having a, a career year. He's just been great this season. But to me, I, I think they could still be doing more um, in, in whether it's Jeff Driscoll, whether it's Andy Dalton or vice versa. I think Driscoll's capable enough to get the ball downfield. It doesn't seem like they want to do that as much. Uh, your thoughts on the Bengals passing game? It's very limited right now, and schematically and with the talent they have, and and largely because they are very focused on um, hiding the offensive line and protecting Driscoll. I don't think they want to turn to a Tom Savage that's been here for two weeks. So, you know, knowing that this is your guy in Driscoll for the rest of the year, they're they're keeping him upright or trying to, even though he's been sacked plenty now. Um, So they don't trust the offensive line. A lot of quick stuff, a lot of pushing it over the middle, and – what they did with Tyler Boyd is they moved him to the outside a little bit more, figuring Ross, Boyd, and Erickson are your three best receivers. I think everyone would agree with that right now. And Erickson's best in the slot. We saw him on the outside. doesn't really work out there. So they're moving Boyd a little bit more. He had 32 snaps in the slot, 32 snaps on the outside. And it hurt the offense at times when he was outside. I think the look at the two-point conversion play where, where Driscoll takes a sack at the end. Uh, Boyd's on the outside. Erickson's on the inside. Erickson doesn't get the same trust from his quarterback the way Boyd would in there. And Erickson kind of doesn't help himself get open. Meanwhile, Boyd's getting locked up on the boundary because he's not that physical threat, uh, you know, athletically to really, um, to really threaten both, both sides. When you, when you're on the outside, when you're lined up on the boundary, you have one way with space and that's back to the inside. So corners defend towards it. When you're in the slot, you can go left or right. You can go two ways and, and the corner plays you over the top more and you've got a two way go. So it helps those guys that aren't, you know, athletically um, upper echelon guys. So when you see him on the boundary, he gets locked up instantly and can't get off the jam at all. And Driscoll's looking, hoping, hoping, and he takes that sack. Um, So it has had some negative effects. I think Driscoll is fine throwing over the middle in the intermediate range. I think the stats back that up also. Uh, He's throwing with anticipation. He's throwing with a little bit of trust in these guys. Some throws that Andy Dalton has not made. I actually had a, a, a chain going on from some throws Dalton wouldn't pull the trigger on over the middle against zone. And then now we've got a couple with Driscoll I've added to it. And uh, it shows that he's willing to do that. But the routine stuff isn't there. And that's what they're missing. They're getting a lot less yards after the catch right now. They're getting a lot less easy completions that we took for granted with Dalton that just happened. I think we're getting more pressures and more sacks on Driscoll because he's not as quickly through his footwork up to his mental uh, uh, portion of it. And that should happen. It's two starts, right? And we're talking about comparison to a guy who started eight years, who's who's notorious for being quick through everything, um, even to sometimes to his own, uh, you know, detriment. And so the, the, the difference is, is, is visible. And I think Driscoll's fine. I think the way he's playing is, good enough to say that he's probably going to be a backup for a long time. So for the most part, you want to see more. You want to see more out of out of the receiver position. These guys got to play at their best right now. Boyd's got to play at his best. Ross has to play at his best. You need something out of a one-snap Auden Tate. 
you got you got the best out of Cody Core the last couple of weeks, which is good. Um, and Alex Erickson, you hope to make some plays, and you got a really good play out of Uzama this week. But really, those guys are all complementary pieces to the run game we just spoke of in the last segment. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the run game has to carry them. Uh, moving forward, they play Oakland this Sunday, and we'll dive into to more of this stuff tomorrow. But Joe, uh, as far as the Raiders are concerned, you like the Bengals in this matchup? You think they got a chance? They have more wins than the Raiders. This is the last winnable game for them as far as standings go. Uh, you think they get the dub? I do. Uh, and we debated on the deleted uh, podcast or the unrecorded podcast of uh. should they win. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, we can't control that. But I do think the Bengals are going to um, have their best or should have their best performance of the last three weeks. Should probably come against this Raiders unit that has struggled for most of the year. They're playing better. Derek Carr is playing much better over the second half of the year. Um, they don't have a pass rush. Their coverage is shaky at times. Gary on Conley guy, they drafted is playing better, but I think they can be beaten because of the lack of pass rush because you can run on them. Um, the linebacker unit, you can beat them. The Raiders defense is an issue, but I, I think even on offense, they don't have receivers that are going to threaten you. you really don't have too many weapons. You're going to be scared about on, on at running back at tight end or at receiver. This should be the game. The Bengals are able to, play with a little more confidence, try and push the ball down the field a little bit more because they should have time in the pocket. I mentioned on the, on the unrecorded that this is probably the first time I feel like the offensive line for the Bengals is better than the unit they're going up against, in this case, the Raiders' defensive line in front seven. So well, let's see if that has an impact on not only the outcome and the performance, but what the Bengals' game plan and, and their confidence with the guys up front and, and how that trickles down to the rest of the players. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Goodberry. Check out his work for The Athletic. This is just basically a quick hit preview of what's going to happen on tomorrow's show. A quick reminder to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also follow on Twitter at James Rapine and at Locked on Bengals. Joe, I appreciate you talking with me for literally an hour and 20 minutes, even though 20 of it got recorded. Yeah, that's something, huh? I'm so I'm, mad at you. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you should be. I mean, it was it was magic. It, it was a magic. I, it was one of our. I thought it was one it was of our one better. Of our best. It was. Yeah, one of our better podcasts. So we're gonna have to bring it tomorrow because we're bragging about how good it was, and it, it was it's so hard to good, guys. It's it hard to duplicate guy. that performance. You ever listen to a podcast twice? Me neither. I ought to listen to this one twice. That's right. And instead, it's gone forever. <laughs> Man, Joe, I appreciate it. I will uh, chat with you tomorrow. All right, James, take care. Good stuff there. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.